Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. Tunnel to Towers Foundation presents the Judge Jeanine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. It's a beautiful day. I hate that we're in August, and I hate that we're about to look at September in the fall, but let's enjoy this beautiful day while we can. Uh, It is, as always, a great day to be armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. And let me tell you, we've got a lot to talk about this morning. There is so much that happened this week in America. And, you know, I could go through a whole variety of things, but I have to tell you, there is one story, one issue that has dominated the news and it will dominate uh, in terms of American history at this period in time. And that is the FBI going in with a search warrant into the Mar-a-Lago home of former President Donald Trump to seize information. The beginning of the week, we had no idea what the information was, and everyone kept saying, you got to be careful, it may be something serious. Well, we waited and waited, and although the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, from Monday to Thursday said nothing, and although Corrine Jean-Pierre, who is the President's press secretary, said, we know nothing about this, uh, finally, Merrick Garland comes out, contrary, uh, contrasting what the Newsweek uh, said, and Newsweek said that Merrick Garland knew nothing about it. Uh, Merrick Garland comes out and says, yes, I knew about the impending raid on the uh, Mar-a-Lago estate of Donald Trump. And so Mar-a-Lago was on lockdown from 6.30 in the morning with Secret Service agents and FBI agents and people with long guns throwing people off the premises telling the lawyers you can't be in the same room as we seize boxes here everyone in america was stunned they're like what could donald trump possibly have and then we started peeling back the layers of the onion and it was very simple what they were looking for in an in a warrant that was signed by a magistrate not a federal judge a magistrate uh was they were looking to get some classified documents after all. But in their effort to seize classified documents, they actually had a history of working with the president, the former President Trump, from the time he left office. A president, when he leaves office, and we're going to be hearing from Laura Trump in just a few minutes, apparently has X number of hours to get boxes out of the White House. I think there's a six-hour window. And they take out boxes. Donald Trump doesn't pack the boxes, folks. Uh, You can bet that one. And they then, the Secret Service, starts communicating with Donald Trump regarding uh, information that they want the National Records, the National Archives Registration uh, Act, those records they want. And so Donald Trump assists them in giving them 15 boxes. So Secret Service goes there, FBI goes there, they give them the boxes. And this has been going on, folks, since Donald Trump left the White House. It's not unusual. The last time the FBI was there was in June. And they told Donald Trump, why don't you padlock this room, put a double padlock on it, 
and uh, that way everything's secure. Now, understand, Donald Trump spoke with them in June. He stopped by while they were negotiating with his lawyers and going through boxes that he had no problem with. And he said, listen, uh, help yourself to whatever you need. Uh, and, you know, you want lunch, you want anything, it's on me. And it was very amicable, so amicable that after seizing or taking whatever they, they thought they needed, whatever the agreement was, within a few weeks they decide they need a warrant. They get a warrant. They get a magistrate to sign the warrant on August 5th. They don't do an actual execution of the warrant until uh, I believe it's August 8th. And they go in there, guns a-blazing at the crack of dawn to seize information that Donald Trump had offered them that they had been working with on. All of a sudden, they decide, the FBI, we need to make some noise. So, folks, why did they need to make some noise? Well, let me ask you this. They spied on Donald Trump before he got to the White House through Carter Page. We know the FBI used an unverified un, uh, uh, document that was written by a Trump hater, Christopher Steele, as the basis for a warrant. They went to a FISA court judge claiming it was national security, and they lied to the FISA court judge. They knowingly lied. The FISA court judge re-ups the, the affidavit three or four times to let them continue to spy on the incoming president of the United States. And for four years in America, we were at each other's throats because the FBI and Hillary Clinton tried to sell a story that Donald Trump was a Putin puppet. Well, when that didn't work out for them, when the Mueller report came out and said, no, there really was nothing there, they decided to impeach Donald Trump. Well, that didn't work out, impeachment number two, number one, so they went to impeachment number two. That didn't work out. So now they go to January 6th. Those ratings are, uh, are not doing well, and they decide, what can we do within 90 days of an election to make sure that we take down Donald Trump so that he is never in the Oval Office again? This is a farce, folks. Take it from me. Someone who has been a judge, someone who has reviewed warrants, who has reviewed affidavits and signed search warrants, who has received the execution of these warrants. I'm telling you, it was a farce. It's all theater. It's an effort by the left to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't enter the White House or enter the race for president in 2024. You we're going to get to all of that with Laura Trump in just a few minutes. But I want you to think about something. I want you to think about the fact that Donald Trump has not had one day of peace since he was elected president of the United States. And they don't want anyone in this country to talk about what, what happened in the 2020 election. If you do, you're un-American. Hillary Clinton talked about the 2016 election till the cows came home and all the reasons it was stolen from her. And in the end, Donald Trump was a legitimate president for four years, but they didn't give him a minute's peace. And this is an effort to prevent him from coming back. And as sure as I'm talking to you folks, I believe that this is so energized, Donald Trump's base, and Donald Trump in particular, that he will run in 2024. The effort by the, the deep state, the FBI, on an issue that they had been cooperating with, where they had been uh, taken out 15 boxes amicably, amicably uh, that was given to them, and then this sudden theater, we've got to come in with guns a-blazing, this is not America, folks. 
This is not how it works. You only get a search warrant if it cannot be, if the information that you identify cannot be gotten by subpoena. They didn't need to subpoena Donald Trump. They were sitting down with them and the lawyers going through the boxes. They didn't even need to get a court order, which they could have gotten before a search warrant. This was all to get the left to say, look at what he's doing with these classified documents. And then all of a sudden there was this rumor, it may be the nuclear code. Well, let me ask you a question. If it was the nuclear code, which they they say now it wasn't, that's just them pontificating and elaborating, then why didn't they take it in June? Why wasn't this done months ago? The president has been cooperating with them since he left office. And by the way, you don't get a criminal search warrant for a violation of the National Archives Records Act. That's not a criminal statute, folks. This is theater. All right, and that's my opening statement, and I'm geared up for this one, and I can't wait to hear from you and my guests. So uh, later on in the show, uh, I'm going to be speaking with economist Steve Moore on what the latest is that the administration starts telling us, uh, continues to tell us, look, it's not so bad. Everything is great. And as I said, Laura Trump is coming up in just a few moments here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. So uh, that is my opening statement. And never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Up next on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with Fox News contributor, daughter-in-law of the president of the former president of the United States, Laura Trump, coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is an economist, an author, and advisor to President Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. You've seen him on Fox News before. Uh, he is a good friend. He is as competent as they come, folks. Let me tell you. I'd like to welcome now Steve Moore to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. He hosts more money on 77 WABC every Saturday from 1 to 2. And uh, he is someone who is a former member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board, folks. That should say it all. All right. Welcome, Steve. How are you? Hi, Judge. I'm well. I'm doing well. I think the country's going to hell. Let's yeah, yeah the country's going to hell in a hand basket. Let, let's talk yeah. about the aptly phrased uh, Inflation Reduction Act right. that passed yesterday. Talk to me. This is a disgrace. I mean, every single Democrat in Congress and in the Senate voted for this. Thank God every Republican voted against it. You know, Judge, I was thinking after this past, you know, when I arrived in Washington, I've been to, in Washington for over 30 years now. When I first came to Washington, there were centrist, pro-growth, uh, fiscally sane Democrats, people like, uh, you know, Bill Bradley and people like Sam Nunn and people like Dick Gephardt. doesn't exist anymore. They, are, they all voted for a massive $750 billion tax and spend bill that increases the IRS by 87,000 agents who will be harassing middle-class taxpayers with a million additional audits every year. That's the Democrat agenda to, you know, to try to pluck more feathers out of the geese. I, I am sickened by this bill. It's a huge, massive $380 billion 
subsidy to what I call the climate change industrial complex. This yep. climate change issue isn't about changing the temperature of the planet. It's all about money. And people are getting really, really rich off of this uh, so-called environmental crisis. So a uh, big waste of money. It is going to make inflation worse, not better, because when you increase taxes, that means prices by businesses have to rise. And when you increase government spending, you're flushing more cheap money into the economy. Well, you know, we already know, you know, and for those of us who are not real economists who don't think about it very much, we now have to think about it because when we try to go to a supermarket or fill up our tanks with gas, I mean, everything is more expensive. People now in America, I hear from them all over the country as I travel and as I get right. calls and emails, they tell me, you know what, we don't go out to dinner anymore. We can't afford yeah. it. We yeah. don't, you yeah. know, we don't. We can't afford not only the dinner, we can't afford the gas. But let's talk yeah. about the name of this bill, Steve Moore. The name of the bill is the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, according to uh, uh, what is it, the CBO, uh, yeah, CBO. Th th yep. th they say that that will only reduce inflation by like 0.1% or 0.1%. Talk to me about that. That's a lie. It's not going to reduce inflation. <laughs> it's going to massively. Look, I want to backtrack a minute here, Judge, because it's important for under people to understand the basic economics here. When Donald Trump left office, and you're right, I was an economic advisor with him. I met with him many times in the Oval Office talking to him about energy policy and tax policy and trade policy. And when Trump left office, do you know what the inflation rate was, Judge? It was one point something or maybe two. Yeah, 1.5%. Right. 1.5%. <laughs> Here we are, what, 15, uh, 18 months later, and we've got an 8.5% inflation rate. And I'm with you. When I go to the grocery store, I go to the gas pump. You know, people see me, they'll, they'll recognize me from Fox. They'll come up and they'll, they'll yell at me. And they say, Steve Moore, why do you keep saying the inflation rate's only 8.5%? They say, you know, I'm paying 30% more for gas. I'm paying 20% more for food. I'm paying, you know, my rent is up 25%. So the, the essentials, Judge, that people have to buy, the must-buy items, those are up by way more than 8 to 10%. And so well, you're right. Feeling, yeah, and so people are feeling real, real financial strain. And what happened was, so how did we go from 1.5% to 8.5% inflation? Very simple. Biden came in and borrowed and spent $3 trillion. Then yesterday, they spent another $700 billion. This is insanity. It's going to bankrupt our country. Shame on these Democrats. Uh, a lot of this money is going to flow back into the Democratic campaign coffers. Let me give you an example. Guess where 90% of the PAC money from the IRS employee unions go? Guess which party that money goes to? Gee, I can't imagine it goes to the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. So we're, I mean, think about that. We're giving them $40 billion, the IRS. They're going to hire all these new agents. The new agents are going to put more money into the uh, into the PAC, and then the PAC money is going to flow back to Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer and those people. So it's graft. I mean, we used to call this graft, right? I mean, you're a judge. Yeah. yeah. You, hey, you know, I was you, a prosecutor. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like a pay-to-play, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we saw it with the teachers who didn't want to go back to school, the teachers' unions. And, you know, they've got billions that they never even spent. Gee, I wonder what that's going to be used for. But <laughs> exactly. you know what? This is what the Democrats have been doing. They say one thing and do another. Their words don't have the meaning that they used to have anymore. So they call it the Inflation Reduction Act. We right. know that the CBO, which is an objective organization, says it's not going to reduce inflation. I call it the Election Seduction Act. 
So yeah. what they're doing is they're trying to get the leftists, the progressives, uh, and all to buy into yeah. this at, while they make billions. And I got to tell you, Steve, tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, I'm tired of hearing about Joe Biden's son making money off of this country and that country and this energy. And now Nancy Pelosi's son, who goes with her to Taiwan, and we're, now we're talking about chips, and Nancy Pelosi's husband, who's you know buying uh, stocks before everybody knows that you know this particular brand is going to go up. Well, I mean. Americans are so disillusioned. What can we do? Well, first of all, you know, when you were asking me about whether this will reduce inflation or not, and you can get economists, you know, coming up with different conclusions. But I saw a poll today that, you know, twice as many Americans think that this will increase inflation than decrease inflation. So Americans aren't stupid. <laughs> they know when you pass right. a $750 billion spending bill, it's going to make the dollar cheap. You know, it's going to reduce the value of the dollar and make goods and services more expensive. Uh, look, but- we have to hold these Democrats accountable. I remember, uh, you know, I may be a little older than you, but I remember in 1994, when Democrats passed all these massive tax and spending bills. And what happened? You know, Republicans just wiped out the Democrats uh, in the Republican Revolution. It happened again in 2010. I think we're looking at an historic election in November. Americans are angry at this party. They didn't vote for this. Do you think Americans voted for Joe Biden? Think we're going to get $4 trillion of new debt? Well, not only that, let's talk about now for these new 87,000 IRS agents, when we don't have enough border security, when our yes. border patrol is sick and yes. suffering and are a force yes. to allow people in who may have yep. COVID or other yep. diseases and we can't even test them. I mean, this is lunacy. You know what, Stephen Moore, it's worse than lunacy. This is anti-American. I'm telling it you is. right now. And, you know, we need help at the border. We need help in, in various other departments. This is more yeah. than the state department border patrol and now now steve moore they're talking about having irs agents have gun having guns carrying weapons and being prepared to use them what are they going to do come to our houses and say give me your tax returns or i'm going to shoot you what is going on you know uh you know, Judge, I went through it. I'm so the Democrats. I heard Ben Cardin, who's a Democrat a senator from Maryland, saying, "Well, gee, why is everybody so upset? If you pay your taxes, oh, you shouldn't baloney. be nervous." And that's baloney. I I don't know if you know this story, but I'll tell you. It just takes a minute. Sure. I was, uh, as you know, I was uh, uh, nominated by Donald Trump to be right. on the Federal Reserve Board. And right. as soon as I was nominated, the New York Times found that I had a fifty thousand dollar tax lien. Well, uh, Judge, I was in court, my wife and I, for three years three years with the IRS because we said we don't owe you that money. In fact, you owe us money. But And, I, and here's the other thing about this story because it, it relates to a lot of middle-income people. My, my tax attorney said, Steve, you are right by the facts, but he said you should just pay it because it's going to cost you more money to fight this. And I said, I don't care. I don't care how much it costs to fight this. I'm going to take it to court. Well, we took it to court. I had to withdraw because you can't be a federal nominee if you have a tax lien. And three months after I withdraw, withdraw, we get a a letter from the IRS saying, oopsie-daisy, we made a mistake. Yeah, you don't owe us money. We owe you money. So the point is what they try to do at the IRS is intimidate people. You know, I'm so Bill, sorry, Bill Gates Steve. And Warren Buffett, those people don't have, they don't need, uh, they have so many armies of tax accountants and attorneys. They're not going after the millionaires and billionaires. They're going after you and me. 
Right, right. And, you know, Steve, I have to tell you, that story is a very sad story. I mean, there are a lot of people in litigation with the IRS. And you know what? All you have to do is look at the last president who used the IRS as a weapon. I mean, the Democrats, you know, remember Lois Lerner? I want to come in and I'm going to make a statement about how I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't target conservatives, 501c3 nonprofits. I didn't. So and then she says when they want to question her, she says, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. You can't. I'm she should a, be in jail. You, she should be in jail. Exactly. That was illegal what she did. All One right. other quick thing about the IRS that, that's important. I learned this from having this dispute with the IRS. You are guilty until proven innocent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in tax court. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a sad commentary because now what we've got to deal with is $80 billion that we're spending. In other yeah. words, you think if an IRS agent comes back to work and says, gee, you know what? They had a good reason. You know, this is okay. You think they're going to say, gee, thanks. I'm glad you're doing your job. No, they want scalps. That's what they want. They want scalps. <laughs> and they want not just anybody's scalps. They're coming after conservatives. People like you and me that have conservative voices, we're at the top of their list for audits. I There's guarantee. no question about it. All right, Steve Moore, it's so good to have you on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. And I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, Steve. Have a great Sunday. Take care. You too. Take Bye. care. And on 9-11, we vowed to never forget Help America. Keep that promise. Donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a Fox News contributor, Please join me in welcoming the daughter-in-law, the former president of the United States, and a woman uh, who is uh, a well-spoken, outspoken person regarding what's going on in America today, Laura Trump, to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. All right, Laura, uh, the Mar-a-Lago was uh, the, the Federal Bureau of Investigation agents carried away 20 boxes of items and memorabilia from Mar-a-Lago And uh, they led us to believe after they decided they needed to talk that there was some serious stuff in these boxes that they needed to have and they had to do it by way of a search warrant. Uh, What is what is your take on what's happened by the FBI? Oh, I mean, I think my take is probably similar to a lot of Americans, which is why did it need to happen in this way? Um, My father-in-law has been very clear from the very beginning of any of this that Anything that was requested by the FBI was being given to them. Any, any question of any documents uh, the National Archives had, they were cooperating fully with everyone who needed anything. And so the idea that somehow there was rationale behind, you know, having a, a, a group of 30 FBI agents raid Mar-a-Lago is, is sort of hard, I think, for the American people to swallow, especially when you then had Merrick Garland, the AG, come out give us no information and no indication as to, again, why such a heavy-handed, aggressive approach was necessary. And this just isn't, isn't just another citizen, which would have been bad enough. This is the former president and a possible candidate for president against the current president of the United States. So it's all very messy. And I well, think, you know, as far as we're concerned in the family, none of this needed to happen. It feels like the same attack that we've seen on my father-in-law and President Trump 
for seven years now, and right. it's just more of the same. It's really upsetting. Well, you know, the concept that, that, that you bring up, I mean, this is a raid on a former president of the United States, a potential political opponent against a sitting president. This is, this is unprecedented in, in history. And and yet they decide that they need to come in basically with guns a blazing at 30 in the morning after the president just weeks before had said, you know, when they were at Mar-a-Lago, take what you need. You don't want these boxes. There's no problem. He had been cooperating. And I have to tell you, Laura, the standard is that law enforcement is obliged to seek evidence in the least intrusive way possible. And that means that they first should try with a subpoena, a court-ordered subpoena, and then say why they need to go in with a search warrant. There is nothing that the attorney general, who was silent for four days and only because of public outrage, came out and said, yeah, I knew about this one. By the way, Newsweek said that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, didn't know about this. But there was nothing that was put out there that explained why they went to this extreme. Well, that's right. And I think a lot of Americans see it not just as an attack on Donald Trump, but an attack on anyone who supports him. And quite frankly, anyone who loves this country and believes in the way this country has operated now since our inception. It, to your point, Judge, this is not the way to, to do something like this. And especially, again, I'll say it again, because there was full cooperation between the, the attorneys representing my father-in-law and the FBI folks, anyone from the National Archives, there was no need for any of this to happen. My father-in-law was in Bedminster, New Jersey, and in New York City, hundreds of miles away. There was no indication that there was going to be evidence destroyed or anything of that manner. So I think that that's going to be a really important uh, piece of this is why they, they, they have to tell the American people why this was necessary. And quite frankly, I don't think they can. I think they know that they messed this up. They have egg on their face right now. They're trying to figure out a way to get themselves out of this and still look okay. By the way, the fact that the the AG came out and said, we didn't think this would get that much attention. Are you kidding me? I mean, how, how, what, what did these people think was going to happen? It's Donald Trump. This guy was the president of the United States. He's beloved by tens of millions of Americans. And you think no one's going to notice when you raid his home, give me a break. Um, But I think, like I was saying, it's just more of the same, and it's a further indication to people. And by the way, people that may not even really like Donald Trump, that they desperately want to keep him out of the political scene any way they can. They want to tar and feather him. They want to throw more mud at him. They want to do anything they can to disqualify him from even possibly deciding he wants to run for president again. Because let me tell you something. If you thought that Donald Trump (laughs) was great in his first term, Judge, you and I both know, and I think the American people know, wait till he gets another shot. If that's something he decides to do, the jig is up for a lot of these folks out there. Well, everyone, you're listening to Laura Trump, a uh, the daughter-in-law of the former president of the United States and a Fox News contributor. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to speak to Laura about what specifically they say they were looking for. And we're going to talk more about what the law is and did the attorney general follow the law in this case. And never forget, Join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. We'll be right back. This is the Judge Janine Show. 
Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Laura Trump, the Attorney General Merrick Garland, gave us absolutely no information when he came out and decided to clear up what he didn't think was really a big deal and what, as you say, he didn't think would be noticed. But there was no information as to why they didn't compel compliance with a subpoena, especially when the former president had cooperated giving 15 boxes uh, and, you know, to those, to the people who apparently wanted it in the National Archive uh, uh, section of the of the Washington. Yeah, well, and not to mention, I don't know why it took him an extra 45 minutes, Merrick Garland, to come out. Man, every the entire country waiting to hear from him, get some information. He, I, you know, one of my kids could have come out and said what he said, which is basically nothing. Um, and in addition to what you just said, that, that yes, 15 boxes of, of documents of anything that they requested had already been given, the, the last communication between the Trump lawyers and the uh, authorities, whether it's the FBI, National Archives, this, this group that wanted these documents, apparently was June 3rd. This is directly from my, my father-in-law's attorney. And my father-in-law said to them, anything you need, let us know. Then a few days later, they were uh, contacted. My, my father-in-law's attorneys were contacted, and they said, you know what? Let's put a padlock on that door to the office where, where these documents in question are. They followed the directions perfectly. That's exactly what happened. And the next thing you know, here we are on Monday morning where there's a raid on Mar-a-Lago. So I think that there's a real disconnect for a lot of us, um, just in general in the country, as to what happened in the interim there that would ever warrant this sort of um, approach to, to, to all of this. Because quite frankly, whatever it was they needed and whatever it was they wanted, they could have just asked. Yes, the subpoena well, would have been probably the next best option, but couldn't they have just asked? And they didn't. Well, not only that, I mean, they were there in June when the president stopped by, said hello, and I'm sure did what he normally does was, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, if you want something to eat or, or you know, he was very gracious to them. And by the way, the National Archives Association, the attorney for them actually sent a thank you letter to the former president thanking him for the cooperation by the Trump team. So what was what, you know, and they don't make anything clear in the warrant. And that's why we need the affidavit for the warrant, which I'll get to in a minute. But there was no indication in June when they were there that this was such an emergency that they would need a search warrant for. And as the president himself indicated to me, he said, they told me put a second padlock on the door, the same padlock that they ended up breaking. This is nonsensical. And it shows not just heavy handedness, Laura Trump. What it shows to me is how willing they are to violate all standards of legal ethics and conduct and standard operating procedures when they're going against someone that they they believe is a political opponent. And you take Peter Navarro, this guy, he said he was talking to the feds every day for a period of time. And all of a sudden they get him at an airport, put him in cuffs and leg shackles, and then they take him in and they strip search him and do a cavity search. I mean, this is outrageous stuff that's going on. And the Democrats are like, oh, no, no, this is, you know, we this is all legal. We have to worry about him. But I agree with you. But wouldn't the attorney general, Laura Trump, be better off giving us the affidavit, which is the basis for a search warrant? As a judge, I would not sign a warrant 
unless the affiant, the person swearing to the facts in the affidavit, tells me why they need a search warrant as opposed to a subpoena and what the basis is. What is the reason for the warrant? And yet we don't see that. Yeah, that's key. And and gosh, I hope we see that sooner and later, sooner rather than later. I assume at some point, you know, it will come out. But then, you know, you go to this judge, by the way, to, as you're talking about the, the judge that signed off on this search warrant, like six weeks before this, this same exact judge recused himself from a case <clears throat> because it involved Donald Trump. Yet all of a sudden he's able to, you know, without having a, an issue now, a sign off on a search warrant of Donald Trump's house. That yes. seems a little suspicious. To Laura a lot of Trump, people. if a judge recuses, and this guy's a magistrate, if a magistrate recuses himself on a Trump issue, how is it that within a short period of time later he signs a warrant, which is the extreme length that prosecutors will go to get information? That is a clear conflict. That is like, I am conflicted here about Donald Trump, but I'm not conflicted there. And then let's say one more thing that I want my listeners to be aware of. The Presidential Records Act that that supposedly is what they're looking for information from the National Archives. And by the way, they were closed down apparently during COVID uh, for a couple of years. That is not a criminal statute, the National Re- the Presidential Records Act. And yet they go for a criminal search warrant on an issue that isn't criminal as it relates to the presidential records. I mean, that in itself is an inconsistency. And, you know, the thing that has to frustrate the Trumps and frustrates me is that they didn't bust in on Hillary Clinton. They basically watched as she deleted 33,000 emails, as she lied about 33,000 emails, as Sandy Berger, another Democrat operative, went in and stole uh, uh, classified information. And they didn't raid Hunter Biden's house when we've got a laptop that has on its face information that it's criminal. This is a disappointing period in American history. And when we can't trust the federal government, when it's being weaponized for political purposes, it is it's a sad day. Well, and it and none of this um, helps America. You know, we are such a divided country, it feels right now. And this only further seems to divide us. Um, it, it, I think the, the problem is you're right. There is a very glaring double standard that exists. If your last name is Trump, then you could literally get caught jaywalking and they'll try and throw you in prison. But if your last name happens to be Biden or Clinton, or quite frankly, if you have a D instead of an R behind your name, then you know nothing is, is done to you. You could basically get away scot-free, regardless the fact that you have a laptop that contains... So much incriminating evidence, regardless of the fact that, as you pointed out with Hillary Clinton, there was a subpoena that she was instructed not to destroy any mm-hmm. evidence, yet she bleach-bitted 33,000 emails. And James Comey, I believe, came out himself and said, you know what, this isn't something we, we would actually pursue. We would actually never press charges here. Yet if it's Donald Trump and the National Archives has a question, apparently, about some documents that he, by the way, says everything taken from the Oval Office when he left was declassified. 
Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you need to to break into his home with thirty FBI agents and search Melania's closet to find well, it. Well, let's a break. talk That's about that, Laura Trump. Let's talk about Melania's closet. You know, I want to read that affidavit, and the affidavit has to be the least uh, intrusive way to seize evidence. How is it that you go from that room that the feds said themselves double padlock this while you're gone for the summer, and yet they want to go through Melania's clothing, I mean, in her closet? Is this something that, you know, is, is a game for these people? Do they not understand the parameters of a search warrant? It should be narrow in scope. And if they think it's in Melania's clothes, or closet they should identify that in the affidavit and the and the warrant yeah well how violating right i mean imagine one person you don't know going going through your closet but on top of that imagine 30 fbi agents going through your clothes going through your personal belongings i mean wow um and so i think that that obviously is very upsetting but they to your point judge what was it in Melania's closet that they needed? What what was it they were looking for in there? Yeah. If, yep. in fact, they wanted these documents, they knew where they were. They asked for a second padlock on the door. You don't need to go looking in Melania's closet for it. But it furthers the idea for a lot of people that this was a fishing expedition, that this had nothing to do truly ah. with the reason that they said they were there. But, in fact, they were looking for anything they could find, anything Donald Trump had, anything that Anyone with the last name Trump had, quite frankly, that could be bad for for Trump should he decide to run again. For a lot of people, that's what they were looking for. Well, you know what? They tried. They spied on him before he became when he was a candidate. After he was president, they tried to impeach him once. They tried to well, they impeached him once. They impeached him again, and then they saved the January sixth incident. Uh, and that, that's been on the air, and that's not going so well. You know, Liz Cheney's going to lose big time in her own district. I mean, it was, she carries the torch to, you know, to impale Donald Trump. I mean, and yet it's been 18 months since the president left the White House. Why this sudden urgency that required a full-scale lockdown, throwing out of the lawyers and going through Melania's closet. If the documents were serious that they needed, why didn't they take him in June? Why didn't they take him for the last 18 months when the National Archives sent him a thank you note telling him thanks for cooperating with us? You know, the reason is it isn't going well for the Democrats. People can't afford food. They can't afford gas. We've got the latest uh, bill, this this Inflation Reduction Act, which is another lie. It's an election uh, seduction act for the climate changers. And in the end, what they've done is they've rejuvenated, as far as I'm concerned, the right, and they put Donald Trump right back in a situation where Americans say this isn't right, this isn't the America that we want to live in. Final words, Laura Trump. Man, did they miscalculate all of this. Uh, they've overplayed everything with from the very beginning. Obviously, everything they did was way over the top. And, and as far as any of us are concerned in the Trump family, wholly unnecessary. If you needed something, they could have just asked. None of this was required. But I think you're right. I think what this has done is it has continued a pattern of attacks against a man who gave up his life, gave up a great life to run for president and win in 2016, do incredible things for the country, despite the fact that he was constantly attacked, despite the fact that he was impeached twice, despite the fact that this same agency, by the way, 
tried to take him down one time, fake evidence used for a FISA warrant. We know the whole story with the Russia collusion hoax. They are terrified that Donald Trump is going to run again and win again. And all of this, for so many people, makes them say, whoa, if they could do this to Donald Trump, think about what they could do to us. And it has galvanized support behind him. And I got to tell you something, people that don't even like Donald Trump have been texting me and they're saying, I hope your father-in-law runs again because I'm voting for him this time. So um, we'll see what he decides to do. If he decides to run, I think he will win. And man, have we ever needed Donald Trump in this country? We need him now more than ever. Well, you know, and the, the amazing part of this, Laura Trump, is that Donald Trump every day faced a storm. They didn't, you know, there's something about him that makes them crazy. And what it is, is that they had a a one hand, uh, you know, shakes the other hand and everyone in Washington, they make sure that their kids make money, that they make money when they leave the attorney's offices and or they go to the bench and then they give each other monitorships. Uh, They make a fortune in the federal uh, network. And Donald Trump isn't part of that. He doesn't need that. And now with $80 billion and 87,000 more IRS agents are going to weaponize the IRS, just like they've weaponized the FBI, the Department of Justice, and destroyed the economy. Laura Trump, it's always great to have you on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. We thank you for your time and good luck. Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. All right, everyone, the raid of a former president of the United States and a potential political opponent of the sitting president was an unprecedented moment in our history. It has never been done before, but it is typical of the left's hatred for this man. When Donald Trump left the White House, inflation was at 1.3%. It is now, after Joe Biden and the Democrats' tax and spend fiasco, 8.5%, and there's no way uh, that it looks like it's going down in the very near future. Folks, there's a lot at stake here, and hopefully with this show, you've heard some of the arguments about how the Department of Justice, the FBI, the IRS are being used and weaponized against political enemies. Look. Nobody likes to fight better than I do. What we live in is a country where we are free to discuss how we feel about our political leanings. All of a sudden now with political correctness, with big tech shutting down stories and not allowing us to say certain things on social websites, and now we've got an economy that's in the dumps. We can't afford gas. A lot of people who can't afford the increase in food. You have to ask yourself one question, and that is, am I better off now than I was four years ago? And I can tell you, for most of the people that I know, the answer is absolutely not. We need to fight to keep this country the great country that it is. We need to fight to make sure that we've got truth and justice and the American way, that the Constitution is respected, that laws are respected, and that people's rights are protected. That's something that is not happening right now as we see the border being overwhelmed with individuals coming into our country, illegals, with no no requests, just forging their way in. And while we pay for it, when we can't afford to take care of ourselves. It's not a great time in American history. I love this country. 
and I hate what I'm seeing right now. All right, I can't believe that uh, I'm out of time. I want to make sure that you join us right back here next week, same time, same place, for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everyone, and remember, this is America. We have rights. You've got to fight to make sure they don't take them away from you. Take care. Have a great day.